This is an ABC podcast. Hey, this is the Summer Hack Podcast. How you doing? I'm Dave Marchese. I don't know what's going on with your social media usage over summer. Hopefully, though, you are getting a bit of downtime, not only from work or study or whatever, but also from technology as well. It's hard because over the holiday period, sometimes it feels like the only thing that's getting us through all that stressful hanging with the family and rogue relatives is our connection to friends online through technology. But what is it doing to us? Really, though, what is it doing to us? How much do you hear someone saying to you, hey, are you listening to me? Did you hear what I just said? Pay attention. We've all heard that a million times, people screaming at us. Because we're all so distracted, flicking between apps, group chats. And I guess it's easy to maybe think, oh, we were always like that. It's just part of the human condition that we do get distracted. But was it always like that? Because experts say we're in an attention crisis. Uni students now apparently can only focus on a task for 65 seconds. Maybe you've already tuned out since I started speaking at the beginning of this podcast. Maybe I'm tuning out right now. But honestly, it's a big thing, and someone who's been looking into this a lot is a guy called Johan Hari. He's a best-selling author. He's known all around the world. Everyone's interviewed him. Oprah loves him. Johan's interviewed hundreds of experts all around the world, and he wrote a book called Stolen Focus. It's wild. It goes into all of this, why we're distracted, how we're distracted, and what we can do about it. When we first played this interview on Hack, you were blown away. Like so many of you were reaching out saying, wow, this guy's changed my perspective on everything. He's just described me or how I behave. And a lot of you said, I'm changing. This has made me want to switch up the way I live my life. It's a fascinating chat. Here it is, my interview with writer Johan Hari on why you can't pay attention. Summer Hack on Triple J. Johan, welcome to Hack. Hey, Dave. Great to be with you. Look, this book is mind-blowing because... You really get into why none of us can pay attention. And this is going to mean a lot to so many of our listeners, right? To young people who are always told, you're not paying attention. Um, you know, this is your fault. But you're saying, no, it's not our fault, actually. You're saying our attention's actually been stolen from us. What do you mean by that? Well, I wanted to understand this for myself. I noticed that with each year that passed, my own ability to pay attention was getting more and more like running up a down escalator. You know what I mean? I could still do it, but it was getting harder and harder. And I noticed this seems to be happening to almost everyone I knew. In fact, the average office worker now focuses on only one task for only three minutes. So I wanted to figure out what's going on here. So I decided to go on a big journey. I ended up traveling all over the world from Moscow to Miami to Melbourne to interview over 200 of the leading experts on attention and focus. And what I learned from them kind of blew my mind, actually, because I thought, well, the reason why you can't pay attention is obvious, right? You're just weak. You're lazy. You're not strong enough. And someone invented the smartphone and that screwed you over. But what I actually learned from these 12, from over 200 of the leading experts in the world is that there's actually scientific evidence for 12 factors that can make your attention better or can make your attention worse. And they're, they're quite varied. There's some aspects of our technology, but they also include things like the food we eat, the air we breathe, the hours we don't sleep. They're quite broad. But crucially, loads of these 12 factors that damage your ability to focus and pay attention 
have been hugely rising in recent years, which is why the book is called Stolen Focus, right? Your attention didn't collapse. Your attention has been stolen from you. It's not your fault. But once you understand these factors, together we can begin to actually deal with them properly. And so is it the case that we are, as the years go on and there's more technology, there are more of these factors that you talk about contributing to our stolen focus, um, losing our attention spans? Yeah, I think the evidence is pretty clear that our, our ability to focus and pay attention is actually getting significantly worse. And I think people can feel this in their everyday lives. I would say to anyone listening, think about anything you've ever achieved in your life that you're proud of, whether it's learning to play the guitar, doing well in an exam, setting up a business, whatever it is, that thing that you're proud of required a lot of sustained focus and attention. And when your ability to focus and pay attention breaks down, your ability to achieve your goals breaks down, your ability to solve your problems breaks down, you actually feel less competent because you are less competent. And when you start to get your attention back in the ways that I learned we can do, one of the amazing things about it is that you start to feel competent again, right? And your problems become easier to solve because everything is easier to achieve when you can properly pay sustained attention. Yeah, it's so interesting, like reading your book and what you're talking about here, like you say, um, how receiving just a few text messages an hour really reduces our brain power a lot. Why is that? Why is that the case? So I went to interview one of the leading neuroscientists in the world, an amazing man named Professor Earl Miller, who's at MIT in Massachusetts. And he said to me, look, you've got to understand one thing about the human brain more than anything else. You can only consciously think about one or two things at a time. That's it. This is a fundamental limitation of the human brain. The human brain hasn't changed in 40,000 years. It ain't going to change on any time scale any of us are going to see. But what's happened is we've fallen for kind of mass delusion. Today, the average person believes they can follow six or seven forms of media at the same time. So what happens is Professor Miller and his colleagues, they get people into labs, not just young people, older people too, and they get them to think they're doing more than one thing at a time. And what they discover is always the same. You can't do more than one thing at a time. What you do is you juggle very quickly. So you go, right, what did Dave just ask me? What's that message on WhatsApp? <gasps> what does it say on the TV about Ukraine? What's the message on Facebook? Wait, what did Dave just ask me? So we're juggling all the time. And it turns out that juggling comes with a really big cost. The fancy name for it is the switch cost effect. When you try and do more than one thing at a time, you will do all the things you're trying to do much less competently. You'll make more mistakes, you'll be less creative, you'll remember less of what you do. And I think when you first hear that, when I first heard that, I thought, okay, I get it, but that's a small effect, right? Turns out it's a really big effect. And um, There's one small study, for example, that, that really helped me to understand it. Hewlett-Packard, the printer company, got a scientist in to study their workers, and he split their workers into two groups. And the first group was told, just get on with your task, whatever it is, and you're not going to be interrupted. And the second group was told, get on with your task, whatever it is, but you're going to have to also answer a heavy load of email and phone calls, so pretty much how all of us live. And at the end of it, the scientists tested the IQs of both groups. And he discovered that the group that had not been interrupted scored 
10 IQ points higher. To give you a sense of how much that is, if you and me got stoned together now, if we smoked a fat spliff, <laughs> our IQs would go down in the short term by five points, right? So at least in the short term, being chronically interrupted in the way pretty much all of us are is twice as bad for your intelligence as getting stoned. You'd be better off sitting at your desk, doing one thing at a time and getting stoned than you would sitting at your desk not getting stoned and being constantly interrupted. Now, clearly, you'd be better off neither getting stoned nor being interrupted. But this is why <laughs> Professor Miller says we live in a perfect storm of cognitive degradation as a result of being constantly interrupted at the moment. And it's why we've got to solve this problem. Uh, this is fascinating because I feel two ways about this. I It's hitting home and I'm thinking, yes, 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 absolutely. <laughs> but I'm also really upset that when grandparents and parents say, we were more productive and smarter back in the day, now this has proven them right, that people really were doing a lot more and were really more switched on. Well, a lot of things were worse in the past, right? Many things are better now, but it's also important to understand uh, when often you get older people looking at younger people going, what's wrong with you? Well, what's wrong is the environment that older people have created for them and allow to continue, right? But we can fix these problems. And one of the things that was so exciting for me is that I went to so many different places in the world that had actually started to solve these problems together in very practical ways. So how are they dealing with it around the world? What's going on? So I think there's two, with all of the 12 factors that are damaging our attention and focus, that I write about in Stolen Focus, I think we've got to tackle them at two levels. I think of them as defense and offense. So there are loads of things that we can do as individuals, isolated individuals, to start to protect ourselves and our kids, right? So I'll give you an example. Stupidly, I'm pointing at it, even though this is the radio you can't see. In the corner of my room over there, I've got something called a K-safe. It's a plastic safe. You take off the lid, you put in your phone, you put on the lid, you turn the dial at the top and it'll lock your phone away for anything between five minutes and a whole day, right? I will not sit down and watch a film with my boyfriend unless we both imprison our phones. I won't have my mates around for dinner unless we everyone agrees to put their phone in the phone jail. It's hard at first, right? It's really difficult. I know, I'm thinking, but when you, Johan, yeah. it sounds good to do that, but it's not possible. How are we going to give it up for all that time? Well, you know, but it's really interesting. When my friends say to me, right, it literally happened last night, when my friends say to me, oh my God, I can't put my phone away. I was going to them, you're not, you don't have to give orders for the war in Ukraine, right? You're not Zelensky, you're not Biden. <laughs> it's okay, the world can cope but without you being contactable for an hour and a half, right? It's very difficult at first, but once you start to get your focus back, it's like the room is flooded with light again. The, the joys of focus are so much greater than the kind of shitty pleasures of being constantly distracted, right? Because at the moment, it's like someone is pouring itching powder over us all day, and then they're leaning forward and going, you know what, mate? Um, you might want to learn how to meditate, then you wouldn't scratch so much. And you want to go, well, screw you. I'll learn to meditate. That's really valuable. I'm in favor of it. But we need to stop you pouring itching powder on all of us, right? Yeah. So we've got to actually go after the forces that are doing this to us, uh, the forces in the food industry that are feeding us food that is profoundly damaging our ability to think and pay attention, the forces that are causing air pollution, that's causing brain inflammation that makes it harder for us to focus, and the forces in big tech that are designing this tech in order to hack and invade our attention. We can deal with these factors, right? We can have all the tech we currently have, but not have it designed as it currently is to hack and invade and screw with our attention, right? I spent a lot of time in Silicon Valley interviewing people who 
designed and invented the world in which we now live. And it was really sobering, you know, because I'll give you an example to see how much they hate what they've done and how much it's destroyed them. I'll give you an example, an amazing guy I got to know named Dr. James Williams. He used to be at the heart of Google. One day he was speaking at a tech conference. The room was full of people who designed the apps that your listeners will use today, right? And he said to them, if there's anyone here who wants to live in the world that we've created, please put up your hand now. And not one person put up their hand. Wow. Nobody, right? They have designed this technology that particularly the apps we use, they have designed them to maximally hack and invade our attention, right? So my friend Tristan Harris, again, a very who was at the heart of the machine at Google, said to me, look, the way it works at the moment is you can try having self-control, but every time you try to have self-control, there's 10,000 engineers on the other side of the screen who are working really hard with really sophisticated techniques to undermine your self-control. Now, an individual level, your ability to resist that, you know, it will help to know all the things that I explained in Stolen Focus. It can equip you a bit, but we've got to take on those forces, right? And we can take on those forces. You know, Dr. Williams, who I mentioned before, said to me, you know, the axe existed for 1.4 million years before anyone said, should we put a handle on this thing, right? The entire internet has existed for less than 10,000 days, right? We can regulate these forces that are doing this. We need to stop blaming ourselves and thinking that there's something wrong with us and realize there's something wrong with the environment that we're being made to live in. And, you know, we are not medieval peasants begging at the court of King Zuckerberg for a few little crumbs of attention from his table, right? We are the free citizens of democracies and we own our own minds and together we can take them back from the forces that are stealing them. Look, it's a fascinating topic and this book is incredible. Johan Hari, thanks for joining us on Hack. Oh, I really enjoyed this, Dave. Thanks very much. Summer Hack.